Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And it is Riverdale. And it is Riverdale. Remember when we were worried that that last episode, after all those kids got their little bit of therapy, that things might change? They did not. They did not. <laughs> I mean, the one here's the thing. The storyline that we already like is probably the one that was most impacted by the therapy episode. And it actually has made it even better. Yeah, on the other hand, the ones that we don't like have not been impacted at all by the therapy episode. Unless if they really want us as the audience to really, like, dig deep and think much more than it's ever asked us to think before. Well, now that we say this, maybe the Veronica storyline was? Well, no, I guess the Veronica storyline definitely was. But, but like, I don't know if they have to do with, had to do with through the therapy thing. I feel like she was going toward that route anyways. It just gave her, like... A push. No, but she also, she did the opposite of what the therapist said. Oh, that's true. She engaged with her dad. Yeah, because the therapist said, don't engage with your dad. And she was like, all right, I will do the exact same thing he's... (laughs) I will burn him to the ground. Yeah, she was like... What you 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 and your father like you're the same, so you have to find you know a way to blaze your own passage. Like, hmm. Instead, I will not go to Harvard, my dream, because it's too much like him. But in the, on the other hand, I'll do the exact same thing as him. Time for a rum business, something I never knew he did, <laughs> but now it's my everything. <laughs> yeah, I won't go to Harvard because it's his dream, but I will do a rum business, which is his dream, and that's how I'll show him that I'm not like him by being exactly like him. You know what? Hiram has too many dreams. He is a greedy man taking all the dreams. There's no dreams left over for Veronica. It's my dream to have a quarantine under a town. He just has a big bucket list somewhere he's checking off as he goes along. It's in his office behind the painting of his new daughter. (laughs) His new daughter. (laughs) His new original daughter. His new first daughter. (laughs) My God, this show really needs to let us know how old people are. And I know it's all I can think about. How is how does one show struggle so much with the concept of time? Well, and the worst part is Azura Sky. She breaks everything. Yep. She is not old enough to be Dodger's mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she doesn't even look old enough to be his mom. No. She looks like his very beat-down girlfriend. You know what I want to check? I want to check something very quickly, so let's just pause. Well, I hope you're happy, audience. We just did some fact-finding. The actor for Dodger is 39 he was born on february 27th 1981 so he turns 39 on february 27th the actress for darla yep uh, azura sky i believe you said her name was yep dodger's uh, mother she was born november 7th don't quote me on that i put my phone down 1981 they casted someone who was younger than him to play his Mother. A mother of three children. And you know, the other boys... <laughs> look a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, because she's 39. They look like they're in their 20s if she was a very young mother. Which, maybe because, you know, she lived a hard life, she might have had, you know, kids very young. Dodger is in no way Do- her son. <laughs> but they, but he is her husband. Is that what... No, they do refer to as that's Dodger's family, so maybe she's... Is she just, like, the mother of the clan? Like, you know how some people in TV shows in a very creepy way will be like, hello, mother, to their wives? Yeah, like, is are they supposed to be married? Do we miss that? But they said she was his mother. She refers to him as brother. Your brother. Yeah, he beat up your brother. 
Okay. Oh, right. Uh, Man, wow, we haven't even gone to the episode proper. Even if he's adopted, don't (laughs) adopt children who are older than you. Okay. Um. Is she like Wendy and he's Peter Pan? (laughs) Yeah, no, sure. That's what this is. That's what we're landing on. This this is the rough ending to to the classic story, Peter Pan. Peter Pan had to grow up and they had to go and start a crime family. (laughs) Well, you know, Wendy was Peter's mother. That's true. She was Peter's mother. All right, let's just do this. (laughs) Because this is Riverdale, season four, episode nine, Tangerine. 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 The episode starts with Jughead reading the end of a book. Which, which means, did he read out his entire, did every one of these kids read out their entire Baxter Brothers book? I thought they were just supposed to write like the first three chapters. No, I thought he... Because it was a proposal, right? I thought the I thought the premise of the book is that he wrote the beginning; they wrote the ending. So these children <laughs> wrote essentially fifty thousand words in a month. They did NaNoWriMo? I think. Well, okay, yeah, because the the contest was that he wrote the beginning of the book. They each had to write the middle and the end. I so mean, they did NaNoWriMo. They wrote a lot. Um, here's the thing: even if they they didn't, if they wrote read out their entire book, in that's it. That's <laughs> That's ours. <laughs> I also want to point out that the book is The Boy in the River. So Jughead just wrote a Baxter's <laughs> Brother version of the Jason Blossom story, which is the novel he's been writing since season one. Well, well that makes me wonder, is the novel we're hearing his Baxter Brothers <laughs> novel? <laughs> is that the premise of the series is his Baxter Brothers novel? Well, then who are the Baxter Brothers? Him uh, and Betty? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are... Kind of related, <laughs> like step sibling ways. Step siblings, and they have a half. Si- si- Let's not think about it. You know what? They weren't raised together. It doesn't matter. Well, Jughead finishes up his reading. I guess he was the last one in this hour, hours and hours long class. They've the just only- been reading for an entire weekend. Yeah. When you do writing, usually you give it to someone and they go away with it because it's insane to imagine someone read up the, reading up their entire book in front of. <laughs> well, and you know those two Power Rangers who never talk? Yeah. You know they're not good readers. They're stuttering over words. They're embarrassed. They're mumbling. Yeah. Yeah. So that takes forever. Anyway, after hearing all this, DuPont is like, well, Jughead. I guess that was very, very good. Would you like a multi-million dollar contract right now in front of all these doofuses? I'm not going to deliberate. <laughs> now, and then uh, Brett Brent was like, now hold on a second. DuPont's like, you're a child. Don't, don't hold don't on. correct me. Don't and hold on me. Brent Brett is like, but my book was great. And DuPont was like, yes, but Jughead's was last. <laughs> Really, I don't care. <laughs> now, I'll give you this contract, but it means you have to play by the rules Ooh. of the contract. <laughs> that's, what a, that's what a contract that's what is. A contract is, Jughead Jones. <laughs> you playing by the rules of the contract. And there's so many scenes in this episode, I want to say right now, that make me feel like they're supposed they're like, I'm going to get a twist where they're actually a dream sequence. Because so many things happen where I'm like, 
They're just going to wake up, right? And this is going to be a dream. But there's only two dream sequences, and they're very obvious the dream <laughs> the, sequences. The rest of them just makes me feel like it should be a dream sequence. Because why is DuPont just suddenly like, yes, I, <laughs> yes, Jughead? DuPont must have read them ahead of time, because he had that contract like racked and ready to well, go. The only thing that I, that I can imagine also about this is that this is Dupont's way of also controlling Jughead. Jughead, you're going to tell all my secrets. Well, so I, let me give you millions of dollars. Well, I think also just by locking him into the contract, it would also be in Jughead's not best interest to like destroy re- things. Yeah, to destroy things. So, so speaking of people being locked into things, Veronica gets rejected from Dartmouth, her safety school, and I have a question. Yeah, I thought she already got into Yale. Because she said to her father, hmm, guess I'm going to Yale instead of Harvard. Yeah, I think that was probably just her, like... Smugging? Smugging. And then what I'm imagining here is that Hiram just started calling up the schools just being like, hey, you know that girl that you're... That you're, that you're, that you're uh... Giving you acceptance to? She's my daughter. She sucks. <laughs> hey, she sucks. I'm a grown man saying she sucks. That's how you know how much she sucks. No, there's something that I know about Hiram. I imagine I'm a grown man and her father. That's how you know she sucks. <laughs> Sorry, that came up halfway through me trying to make another point, just, the, just saying that. The, the, everything we know about Hiram being terrible business, he's like, I will give you $10,000 not to let her into the school. And they're like, uh, sure. Or they're like, <laughs> I don't think that's we le- don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, like, uh, no, <laughs> just you offering that. Like, oh, by the way, how do we do this? Because <laughs> how do we refuse the money but not let her into the school? Will it seem like, how do we do this? <laughs> we can't walk out of this clean, guys. We can't walk away from this clean. All right, no one goes to school next year. <laughs> Just, Problem solved. The safer way. We just have we we just have a have a null year. Across all of the Ivies, there's just no freshman class anywhere. They're like, ah oh, man, we don't want to get in trouble thinking that we you know took payment to not put someone in, or thinking that we didn't take payment, but then we still didn't put someone in. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. He's he's ruined us. Well, don't worry, because Veronica has an interview with Columbia, and Hiram goes, good luck with that. Oh, you know, there's a community college. So there is a community college. So the kids don't have to leave. They could all go to community college. So Archie could go to college and run his community center. (laughs) Well, and apparently also Veronica could go to community college and start her rum empire. And he's like, what you're still doing, right? Right, Veronica? You're still doing that? Hiram, I know you didn't go to university until you were already a rum mogul, so calm down. <laughs> There's no way to tell when he went to university. There's no way to tell anything he, on this show. He could have went to, went to like, Harvard, like, remote school from jail, for all we know. <laughs> That's true. He did the Harvard MBA, MBA program online. He just had to Skype in every Friday. <laughs> uh, all right, let's head somewhere else where um, F.B., has figured out where Archie's living. And he wakes him up and he's like, hey, you know any adult can walk into this building at any time, you dummy, right? Do you not lock your doors? Because <laughs> literally there's nothing to stop anyone from ever coming in. And you do say that you do close sometimes. Archie, are you a vigilante? <laughs> yes, I am a vigilante. I have to be a vigilante. People are too scared to call you or the police. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Archie. Archie, I have something to tell you about the sheriff. <laughs> He's a part of the police. <laughs> there's, I like the idea that there's two separate numbers. There's 911, which will phone the police. And then there's 912, which is a direct line to the sheriff. <laughs> in case you're just like, you know what? I got to bring this up with a man in charge. 
They want the manager. Karen needs the manager. <laughs> can I can I speak to your manager? You mean the sheriff? That's the one. <laughs> Bring him in here. I have a complaint. Now, FP does not have time to lecture Archie about how the police works. So instead, he just tells Archie, hey, get your life together. Stop being a vigilante. I know the therapist told you this last week. Focus on your community center. But now I'm saying it. An adult you know. And I'm going to help you. We will not be continuing this storyline. No, we do. We'll oh, get there oh, later. I guess, I guess he does. All right. Now we have something that we that for a while we will just jump back and forth between because literally every time we hit this scene, it is just... Short the, and boring. It's just the writers being like, all right, we know where we have to go, so let's have scenes where uh, Jughead asks Charles to help him find his grandfather. Meanwhile, Veronica shows up for work at the secret speakeasy, and she finds out from Pop... That the liquor license is being revoked by the mayor. <laughs> the secret speakeasy. That a teenager definitely should not be allowed to serve alcohol at anyway. And also, the mayor, there, there is no statewide, like, service. Like, like, like the AGLC. No, there's no AGLC here. The mayor can just come in and be like, no, not them. So uh, Veronica's going to fight that because that's absurd. Yeah. However, uh, in case they don't fight it they don't beat it she's gonna have a super blowout party where they sell all the alcohol they have right now <laughs> okay sure sure so alice cooper smith wakes up betty in a panic because polly mutilated a nurse with her fingernails and this is another time where i'm like this is a dream sequence right because like alice like jumps on betty in the middle of the night like betty you have to wake up right now <laughs> Right this very second, at two in the morning, this cannot wait until later. You have to come down and watch this crazy YouTube video I saw. Now, somehow Charles has the security footage, and Polly sits there, and Polly sits there, and Polly sits there. And we don't get to see this happening, because Betty just describes it as she stares at a video. Yeah, I thought maybe there was going to be some, like, weird twist where once we saw the video, there's a very obvious, like... Thing, thing that we could have seen before but they didn't want us to figure it out before then like when veronica was watching the video and time skipped but i don't know why it's just bad like they just didn't want to pay the actress who plays polly to do two scenes well i i am yeah th this this feels like very much they're like oh we it, it was unfeasible for us to be able to get the to get a static security cam shot of polly attacking a person that we definitely could have filmed in the room that we see her in because polly will only speak to betty in secret also, the nurse she attacked is also named Betty. So, ooh, ooh. So Betty heads off to see Polly. And Polly has no idea what happened and is very confused and distraught. <laughs> so this is where FP does do one thing to help Archie right. with the community center. There were metal detectors at Southside High, which we know. We yep. saw them. He's just been saving them. <laughs> He's been, just been keeping them in the back, you know, for... Two years. <laughs> For reasons, you know, in case Casey needs them. They, they didn't, like, sell them off to he, recoup any of the losses of just, like, trash an entire the, school. He wasn't even the sheriff then. No, this, no, which means Sheriff McGrath. As a McGr serpent. <laughs> well, no, this, as a serpent, he went and got them. Well, I think these are, like, Sheriff McGruff oh. took them and kept them. And then when he became sheriff, they're like, all right, you're the sheriff now. And when that comes with a whole bunch of responsibilities, here's some keys to unlock some doors and you can become a gang member. Or you can see, keep being a gang member when you're sheriff. Weird just thing there in the laws. I don't know why that's there. And also in this room, we keep a whole bunch of metal detectors we took from a school we shut down. So now Archie has one. <laughs> and also 
FP gave him security cameras. Yeah. I mean, good things to have. Now, Eddie. Remember Eddie? He was a boy. Yes. He interrupts this important adult conversation to be like, hey, hey, I better know where Dodger is. We (laughs) we used to sell drugs for him. I can find out where Dodger is. I know the streets. The streets of this city that is varying in size. And the adults are like, "Mm, no? (laughs) Dodger will be where Dodger, where we always see Dodger. Just like standing outside an alley that has an L curve to it. It's right by the arcade. He doesn't go other places. No. 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 That's the only place he ever goes. Meanwhile, Veronica meets a lovely older lady who we thought she first called Godmother. <laughs> it really, I'm really pretty sure she calls her her Godmother. She is also her grandmother. She is Hiram's mother. And Hiram's mother can definitely give her a rum recipe because it turns out it's a family recipe that he got from her. Yeah, she taught him rum and apparently she'll also teach him. The fact we have not seen this woman before in this entire thing about like family and like all these things. That's... Did he just forget about his mother when he joined the mafia? Yeah, it's weird that like she is so... <sighs> I think we should just skip forward to the next scene because Veronica's like, well, let me tell you some things that your your son has done. Yeah, because her grandmother asks her why she didn't focus, why she's not focusing on college. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in comes uh, God slash grandmother. Into his mayor office. Um, no, this is, this is the house. Oh, this is the house office? He's never in the mayor's office. He apparently runs the town from his his penthouse suite. That's what people want from their mayor. You know, a real relatable man. A man of the people. (laughs) Who runs this place from his penthouse suite. You know, the Lorax. He speaks for the people who have no voice. (laughs) Like money. Money doesn't have a voice. I could speak for money. Money's like a tree. Anyway. So she comes in and is like, how... What are you doing, Hiram? And slaps him and is like... (laughs) I guess she's mad because he's feuding with Veronica. Yeah, she doesn't like that he's picking a fight with his daughter. I assume all the other stuff is fine. It's just specifically... Don't be mean to your daughter. Don't be mean to your daughter. And Veronica comes in and she's like, yeah, don't be mean to your daughter. And he's like, you told my mom on me? (laughs) You called my mom? What? (laughs) She's like... I'm 17, Dad. It's such a hilarious thing that Veronica's like, I I have such this great plan. I'm going to call his mother, (laughs) who lives in the same town. Apparently. (laughs) I don't think she flew in. Well, I mean, she could have driven from New York. We know it's not far. I guess she could have driven from New York to meet in Le Bon Nuit. But (laughs) just... It's the fact that Veronica's big, like, oh, I'll get one over on my dad. I'll do something that I... She won't call the police, but she'll call his mom. You know what? Hiram's a baby, so this was probably the right choice. He is like... And just to put a cherry on this betrayal Sunday, she holds up a very old piece of paper. A very well-distressed piece of paper the prop team put a lot of time into making. Yep. It is the rum recipe. Yes, her mother gave her her the rum recipe so she could make the exact same rum as someone. I guess she was going to under like under like make it cheaper. Just make Although it cheaper. Although she definitely can't make it cheaper because she does not have two hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> as we already found out. So she'll just make the exact same rum as him. Business model. <laughs> Business. All right, let's check back in with uh, Jughead. Charles found FP Senior. So, Betty apparently believes Polly. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I believe Polly, too. Polly seemed very. Yeah. Um, and she found out uh, somehow <laughs> through Betty Powers. Yeah. That Polly got a phone call about an hour before the attack. And Alice is like, well, I mean, hmm. I mean, oh, I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Oh, is that the phone here as well? So Alice goes and answers the phone. And she is straight up hypnotized. <laughs> yeah, she puts she puts the receiver to her ear, goes, hello, and then her face just goes slack. She hangs up, walks back very, very weirdly very and slowly, calmly. Takes a big old butcher knife. And then slowly walks toward Betty as Betty pieces together. My God, hypnotism is real. The only way to stop this is by snapping my fingers. <laughs> because. Why not? Why not? Why not? That's That's exactly how hypnotism would work it's not the weirdest thing the show has told us is real serial killer genes serial killer genes and hypnotism so here's a short scene <laughs> between archie and his mom that's laying the seeds for the future I su- i'm imagining it is <laughs> i hope it is vic the foreman of andrew's construction would like to buy out the Andrews because he is likely doing all the work and, and would like the business to continue. Yeah, I imagine that he's, he's like, I'm running this company pretty much anyways. Can I just buy the company from you? But Archie's like, well, tell him tough and tell him that I, I will. No, I'll tell him myself when I fire him. And we don't have time for Molly Ringwald Andrews to be like, that is an insane overreaction, boy. Are you going to tell me that you're going to run the company? Because I'm not. I'm a lawyer. And you are running a community center. I thought you. I thought Vic. If Vic's the foreman, like if, the thing we know about um, Fred Andrews is that man. Vic, Vic must be a good guy. Very competent. Very good. So I imagine he just came up being like, hey. So I imagine this business is probably draining some of your finances. I'd it, like to buy it from like, you. You would have like you wouldn't have, then it's not something you have to worry about. I'll buy it. As long as he's being like coming like yeah, I'll give me this company. Though I imagine if this storyline continues, he will be that. He will be. He'll be like yeah, I'm, I'm swooping in here in a time of distress to buy this business. I'll give you some beans for it. I've wanted it all along <laughs> for years. For years I've been living in his shadow, and now I have a chance to buy his business. Also, I'll quarantine the construction sites. Also, my name is Anders, but I'm going to change it to Andrews. <laughs> I'll be Vic Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> but no, instead Archie gets a call um, from just the kids, I guess I'm going to call them. And the kids say, oh no, Eddie and Malcolm, they went after Dodger. They got beat up so bad. Eddie's in the hospital again. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's anything with the hospital. The hospital's magic, so Eddie will be fine. Dodger needs to stop beating up children. <laughs> the fact the fact that, like... No, <laughs> he keeps putting little boys in the hospital. He keeps putting children... Well, at some point, some <laughs> sort of higher authority. This, like, this town has both the FBI and a sheriff's apartment run by a gang member in charge of it. And they're just like... Apparently, this guy's been running for a while, and it feels like... Like, shouldn't they now? Because Eddie is a... Like... 12-year-old in the hospital be able to be like, a man assaulted me. <laughs> a man beat up a 12-year-old. And then do a police lineup, and then I'm pretty sure legally you cannot put little boys in the hospital. Well, I think the problem we're really running into here is that FB is a terrible sheriff. He has no skills for he that job. He has no idea that, he, that he's like, wait, we could just, like, do... We can just arrest him? <laughs> like, he did, like, he's, he's not, this isn't, like, subtle under, like, oh, yeah, we can't get him on these things. He put a boy in a hospital, and I'm sure that boy... 
will now be like, yeah, no, Dodger, that grown man beat me up. Because he's already out of Dodger's gang. <laughs> and what's Dodger going to do? Beat him up more? There's four of them. Yeah, it's not a good gang. And the mom doesn't really do much. No. All right. Uh, Betty takes some time to also talk to Charles. Charles found out that the phone calls that went to Alice and Polly both came from Shankshaw Prison. Ah, I forgot and about Shankshaw Prison. Who's in the prison? Evelyn. Shankshaw Prison is not the one that FP that um Hiram built, right? No, it's the other one. It's the other one because we've heard of Shankshaw before. That's where Mad Dog got transferred to. Right, Shankshaw Prison. So uh, Betty and Charles talk about the farm a little bit, and Betty's like, "Oh yeah, the farm did do hypnotism, <laughs> also drugs, but also hypnotism." Yes, maybe. <laughs> maybe I, we could figure out what the hypnotism they did was, and did they hypnotize me? <laughs> So I guess I should go and talk to Evelyn. Why was Edgar so obsessed with Betty? Oh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But first, Jughead goes to find his grandfather. And he meets Grandpa Jones. And Grandpa Jones bursts out of a van bus that he lives in. And is like, hey, boy, don't you trespass on my territory. Yeah, his his grandfather is... here. If you, if you have not seen this episode and you want to imagine what Jughead's grandfather looks like, imagine an old prospector. <laughs> <laughs> that With is a him. full-on lant- oil lantern who's like, oh, who's there for my gold? Hey, boy. This is my claim. Get off my land. <laughs> All right, let's check in and see what Cheryl's doing this episode. Oh, God, we haven't seen her yet. We have not. So we see her for the first time, and she is sitting in her house. And she has set off so many roach bombs and she holds her corpse brother's hands and her doll brother's hands <laughs> which i don't know why she's giving that dollar out anymore she's very much aware that it's just a doll exist. it's just a doll but she's like hello corpse and doll brother my life is terrible so it will come to an end i was born in poison i don't get that reference but I will die in, in poison. poison. And I'm like, oh, this is clearly her making them, th- making whoever's, like, gaslighting her think that she's killed herself so that they'll reveal themselves. And they do. And they do, because because they're actually roach bombs. Yeah. So it turns out that uh, Penelope Blossom <laughs> has been living in the walls of Thistle House. Which I think we said at some point, either on or off the mic, I can't remember. And, uh... Because she lives in the walls, she cannot see what's happening. She can only hear Cheryl's monologue. And and getting poisoned by roach bombs. So she comes out just, like, coughing. And Cheryl has put on... A red gas mask. Awesome. And then Penelope collapses, thankfully not dead, despite the clear lungfuls of roach poison she has... I feel like Penelope deserves that. I know. I agree with that. I just don't think this is a very, like... Sane plan? (laughs) Sane plan to get someone to reveal themselves. You know what I'll do? I'll actually poison them. And because what did she do? Did she put a gas mask on her? Did she drag her outside? Like, what did she do to make sure that she didn't die at that point? And how did she keep the poison from going into the rest of the house? What about those babies? (laughs) Yeah, so she just told the babies and... Yeah, there's both babies and an old person in that house. Tony's probably at school. <laughs> she comes up and she's like, guess what I did? I set off roach bombs to lure my mom out, out, out of the walls. Like, oh, what'd you do with the babies and Nana? The what? They were upstairs. <laughs> They're upstairs. Smoke stays low. <laughs> it doesn't travel, Tony. <laughs> they were off screen. They didn't exist. It's fine. <sighs> Grandpa Jones has a crazy old man trailer. It's very crazy and very old man. Yep. 
Archie uh, goes to FP and is like, ah, you know, <laughs> Dodger's brothers, Bill and Fagin. You know, the villain from Oliver Twist and also the leader of the gang from Oliver Twist. <laughs> why did, why, what's this name setup he decided to go with? Why is Dodger the leader? Why is, well, he's, he's not the leader. Darla's the leader. That's, why is she named Darla? <laughs> Why is he faggot? That makes so much more sense. Because Dodger... Eddie should be Dodger. <laughs> I don't anyway, know. Anyway, FP and Archie decide that they got to go after those Dickinson boys in serpent style. Yeah, so Archie goes and threatens them a little bit. And then after they're like, yeah, we're not scared of you. You're a teenager. FP comes on out in his serpent jacket. He's like, yeah, why don't you fight a guy your, your own age? And a teenager. <laughs> the teenager is stronger than I am. I brought him along as backup. <laughs> and then there's a brawl. It's good. All of the Blossoms confront Penelope. And when I say all, I mean Nana Rose. I mean Tony. I mean Julian. I mean a corpse. I mean one baby. Yeah, one baby behind a chair. <laughs> not sure where the other baby is. I don't know is. why the baby's not in the chair either. <laughs> I assume because the baby was being fussy, so they're hiding, like, a cast, like, the baby's mom behind a chair <laughs> to be like, hey, look at me. <laughs> the other one was just having none of it. Yeah. Cheryl explains that she used to love Alice in Wonderland, but she always said that she was not Alice. She was the Red Queen. Yeah, that's not, that's not some kind of huge flag. <laughs> yeah, you should be concerned if your child says you're that. Oh, the one, the, the one who's a tyrant and, and murders people who disagree with them? That's who I agree with. Off with their head. Off with their head. So just like the Red Queen, she is going to put Penelope on trial, and maybe we'll be off with her head. What was she putting her on trial for? Penelope scoffs. <laughs> Cheryl explains that she is not just putting her on trial for being a horrible mother, yeah. but for trying to murder four teenagers, yeah. and also actually murdering numerous adults. Yeah, it's it's funny that Cheryl at no point is like, also, I could call the police, but no, it's much better for me, Cheryl, the perfect person to deal with this. Maybe Cheryl tried to call FP. <laughs> he she, was off beating You know, called service. his private line. No, I think there was something once once come up where, where it's like, ah, oh, Blossoms don't call. Like, the this constable? Is, you know, they, they, yeah, this is like some, for sure, some like, old blossom thing where it's like ah, we are, we have our own country. We settle our business ourselves. Definitely, they they would they would if they could just to secede from. Oh, one hundred percent. All right, so we cut back to Archie and FP, and they're kind of beaten up. FP loved that street justice, though. He is so glad that his jacket, which he's not worn for six months, still fits him. <laughs> ah, it's been a long time since I done that thing I did last season. Um, but Archie, I keep doing every season. But Archie agrees. His crime fighting days are over. He solved the one problem left in Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, thank God we beat up those two guys. I guess now they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna leave. The amount of times that this show is just like, yeah, just beat up your dad's car, just punch a few of the <laughs> these guys, and they'll leave. Now, to be fair, beating up his dad's car it did work. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like they, this one also does work. That's true. It does work. No one has ever beat those boys before. <laughs> Despite well, their crime life. That's because, that's because they only the only talk with kids. And like they're just like, yeah, these twelve year olds can't beat us up. What? Oh my god, an adult and a and an older teenager. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> now we're gonna have an interlude. 
where Grandpa Jones explains that he loved detectives, and he especially loved the idea of teen detectives. So he wrote a Baxter's Brothers story, but then Stonewall High was hard for him. So he left school. But DuPont was like, huh, you're a poor. I like your story idea. If I pay you $5,000, I can have the story idea? So he sold it to him, but then it became greatly successful. And then he was like, only alcohol is my only choice. Yeah, yeah. So he got, I mean, that. I mean, yes. Yeah, that is, that is a, in this, in this incredible series of events, that is very reasonable. And him selling the story? He didn't know. He didn't know. Well, yeah. And so he, so his message to Jughead is like, look, I wasted my life because I did something. I got angry about it. And then I, you know, I, I was terrible to my wife. I was terrible to my child. And then I just left them both. Don't waste your life like I did. Jughead, take your opportunities. Don't let rage fill you. Yeah. So cool. Betty goes to see Evelyn Evernever. And Evelyn Evernever reveals that she has been trying to get Betty's attention. For reasons we will not find out. So it turns out um, there's a lot of people, I, I assume she's trying to imply, that are essentially like sleeper cells. That they have hypnotized into sleeper cells. And what it what this does, what this hypnotism does, is turn them into Betty. <gasps> and when they become <laughs> Betty, all they want to do is kill Dark Betty. Yes. Who they embody in real Betty. Or someone for, who's named Betty. For they are Betty, and there cannot be another Betty in the world. And the fact that Betty at no point goes, what? <laughs> Why would you do this? Well, this is like, it was Edgar's plan. Why? No, Ed, no, no, no. Edgar's plan was to build a rocket and ride it to, like, another planet. You can't say this was Edgar's plan. You told us Edgar's plan. Edgar got very, well, okay, two things. Edgar got very angry when Betty left the cult, and so he just hypnotized everyone. But wait, (laughs) Polly was already gone then. Polly got out first? Did she? Or did Betty escape before Polly? I don't know when Edgar decided that Betty was his, his... Nemesis, because he remember he decided it very early on. He decided that this person is the person that I hate the most, and there's never been made a clear reason why. Because they turned the cult into this weird thing where he had a rocket ship. So Edgar just got mad that Betty did not want to get lobotomized. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> and hypnotized everyone. I guess so. Hypnotized them, and then Evelyn says hypnotized them into Betty, which Betty because. In this season, she is just not very, like, insightful. Takes it as gospel and is like, oh, yeah, you turned them into me. But also, she makes a leap in logic here. You also hypnotize me. <laughs> well, I mean, Evelyn does put this idea into her head by whispering the trigger word. Tangerine. Three times. And she whispers it as if she's going to trigger Betty. And what Betty should have done was listened. <laughs> yeah, because who? what's she going to do there? There's a, like, There's a guard. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if she went crazy, like, that she would also have been arrested. But she could be so easily subdued. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. And then she, I don't know, her brother is an FBI agent. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, like, to In be Betty's fair, defense, she's 18. Yeah, and she, at this point, apparently is full on believing that at some point she was also 
very easily hypnotized in this. Even though I think she only went went under once, and then at the next time she was able to avoid taking the drugs. Yeah, she was hypnotized once or twice, maybe. Also, the, the fact that this show is making us be like, okay, so they were drugged. Because when they tried to hypnotize her, it didn't work. The drugs were the thing that was doing it, and they used hypnotize... hypnotize that hypnotize. doesn't mean that it's not have an impact, though. Uh, maybe. Maybe they're able to just, like, with the use of the drugs, seed it so deeply in people. Yeah, I they... mean, you can implant things when people are intoxicated. That yeah. seems very real to them. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. So, Effie and and, and, and Archie uh, finish up their meal at They're Pops. so happy they did a beatdown. They're getting ready to go. Oh, no, they can't go because another Black Hood comes in and shoots another father figure of Archie's. Except for this time, Archie is able to kind of push him out of the way. He still, Effie, Effie still gets shot. But not near his heart. Yep, yep. Um, and this cuts right to the hospital where Effie's like, ah, it was a flesh wound. I'd like to point out, he was clutching like pretty, pretty towards the center of his chest, like high lungs at least. Yeah, but, but he's fine. Archie is very sorry. And FP's like, meh, I love to get shot. <laughs> I love getting shot. It's great. Archie, it gets my blood going. Makes me feel alive. Yeah, it's been so long since I've gotten street shot. <laughs> you, you, you know where you don't get shot? The sheriff of a small big town. It's true. It's true. Now, in rushes someone who is not who I want him to be. <laughs> it's Fangs. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to be Sweet Pea. Well, no, it's Fangs. And we do get a little lip service from um, FB being like, hey, you're on thin eyes because of when you were in a gang <laughs> or when you were in a cult. Uh, he called the cult a gang. You gave away your kidney, you bad boy. <laughs> you, you and other people's kid. I don't know how to look. Like, when I figure out how to parse out exactly what you did, I will do it. But for now, I don't even know. <laughs> You, you joined a much better gang than my gang is all I could tell because your gang had guns. <laughs> well, Fangs is not there to get in trouble from FP, though he does. Yeah. He is mostly there to be like, oh, Dodger and Darla are leaving town. Well, the entire Dickinson gang is leaving town. and that was Two of them. <laughs> no, also Bill and Fagin. Oh, for some reason, I thought they were hospitalized. No. <laughs> no, we'll... Look, we'll get to Bill and Fagin. Um, but yes, apparently that was a parting shot as they leave town. But then Archie's like, oh, no, and he runs off. And he's like, no, they're leaving. Archie. <laughs> Archie they're leaving. We're done. Oh, you have too much fire in your blood, my boy. Uh, another another instance of someone talking to Charles, which happens a lot this episode. Betty is scared she's going to be activated. Charles tries to activate her. She's not. <laughs> she's And she's not, she doesn't take this as a, oh, guess I wasn't hypnotized as a sleeper cell. She's like, why didn't it work? Charles, you're not good at activating hypnotized people. <laughs> then Charles also doesn't be like, well, maybe you weren't hypnotized. And goes, maybe it's because you're the real, you're, you're the real Betty. So you can't turn into Betty. They're, they're both taking this Betty thing. Way too seriously. <laughs> that, that they literally tricked them into thinking that they're Betty. <laughs> which I don't think, which they did. And they tricked them into thinking that they were a psychopath. Named, named Betty, Betty that would kill other Bettys. <laughs> Which is not the same. But they're, but they're so much like, yeah, they turned him into you. But you can't because you're already Betty. Then what do we do? What do we do? Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What did you learn this week? Well, I wanted to dive into one of our... Old friend who's been on the show for a while, uh, and that is Jughead. 
Jughead? Jughead. Main character Jughead? Jughead from the comics. Oh, not main character Jughead. Yes. Now, there's a few things. Specifically, I want to get into Jughead's name. Now, as we know, Jughead's actual name is... Forsyth Jones III. Pendleton Jones Oh, that's III. right. That's where the P comes from. Uh, so his father's name is... Forsyth Pendleton Jones II. And his grandfather who we met in this episode... Forsyth Pendleton Jones the first. That's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he gets the first after he names his child after Now, himself. what I learned is that so in the comics, Jughead's dad who pretty much just looks like him with, like, a pencil mustache. Ah. Um, his name is Forsyth. He apparently goes by Fred sometimes. That's confusing. Like, oh, so there's a Fred Andrews and a Fred... Fred Jones. Jones. So in the Best 50s, friends. there weren't a lot of names. <laughs> no, no. And he couldn't go by Forsyth. That'd be insane. So early on, um, there's a running gag that involved various characters trying to discover Jughead's real name. Well, Jughead thwarted their efforts. Um, in at least one story, Archie and Reggie went to, like, the school office to be, like, at to in, – in some crazy hijinks, walked in and went, hey, what's the Jughead's first name <laughs> to the receptionist? What a great scam. And she tells them that his first name is Steve. However, after they leave the office, turns out it was actually Jughead's aunt <laughs> who just lied as a favor to Jughead to keep his real first name hidden. Huh. So his first name being Forsyth. He apparently was named after his ancestor, who was an American hero, who wrote the Baxter Brothers, I would assume. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally, an American hero. And so, for a short time, Jughead started to use his given name in, in honor of his ancestor. But do you know why he changed his name back to Jughead again? Because his, an his ancestor killed Native Americans? Nope, his ancestor was married nine times. <laughs> So his ancestor started um, the Mormons. Maybe. Most of, most of, I assume he also killed a whole bunch of indigenous people. Yeah. Um, but I do like the very, like, 1950s, 1960s moralism of, like, oh, he was married nine times? Like, at once or in total? <laughs> I guess in total. That's not, I mean, that's not great, but. It, all this is after learning that this ancestor was married nine times. I mean, I mean from the official Archie Comics wiki, by the way. I mean, I guess his wife's just kept dying. Maybe he was secretly a murderer. <laughs> Maybe that was the concern. Then he, re then he reverted to his nickname. I don't know. This feels like around that time they might be like, oh, man, that's way too many marriages. Marriage is once between a man and a woman. And if the woman dies, <laughs> then he can have another marriage. But the first marriage never existed. <laughs> An annulment, if you will. Unless there's children. However, if a, man if a woman's wife dies, she must, must stay single forever and sit upon the widow's walk. And if that widow's walk breaks... Meh, we don't really need widows anyway. <laughs> what do they give to society? What a terrible thing the past was. <laughs> Accurate. Let's check back in with Cheryl. Well, Cheryl is busy running her trial and looking for a reason she could possibly spare her mother's wretched life. Well, her mother reveals that the, um, the reason that she messed with Cheryl, because Cheryl brings up like, oh, you weren't happy to see me and Tony together. Tony, a fully fleshed out character. This woman. This woman I love. But she's like, no, I don't care about Tony. I was mad because you were happy with the corpse of your brother. <laughs> Something I could never have. I wish I could have the corpse of your brother. <laughs> well, now she has to die. And, well, no, she doesn't have to die. Prepare the chloroform. Yeah, well, she's going to bring her somewhere where she wished it would be as bad as being bricked up in Thistle House. Oh. <sighs> 
Veronica uh, is now at the, the big blowout at her secret speakeasy. And Hiram thinks she's dressed to kill. Does he need to worry about being stabbed in the back? Why is there why is their relationship why is the relationship suddenly gone so upsettingly sexual? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> like, why are you hitting on your daughter? Like <laughs> Well, I mean, is there full for bringing up the Oedipus and the Electric Complex and trying to, like, twist and be like, ah, oh, no, it's this other thing, when it's... V- uh... mm. Don't worry, in comes our sweet boy, Reggie. I uh, see Veronica, there's someone there to meet Veronica, and she's like, oh, well, this is clearly your doing. When I saw this woman, I thought it was Veronica's other grandmother. <laughs> well, who knows? It's not. It's not. No, uh, she walks up to her, and she, and, you know, she's... A little bit snippy, but turns out this is Miss Rutledge? Shoshana Rutherford. Right. She is from Columbia. She is the woman who was supposed to do Veronica's interview tomorrow. But apparently, Veronica Luna's assistant called Shoshana Rutherford's assistant and said that she should come to the party so she can see Veronica's thriving business live. Now, that seems... Very illegal. Yeah, there's absolutely no way she is allowed to do that. <laughs> like, that seems they try to play this off. It's like, oh, no, she just came to check up. That seems very illegal. Like, she definitely, A, you don't change interview times. They're set for a reason. And, and, and B, the, if, if one of your one of the, your perspective students has an assistant who calls your assistant, you know, to be like, ah, oh, yes, you know what? Let's do go see the business where I could possibly be plied with bribes and. Yeah. Also, also <laughs> be suspicious that a teenager has an assistant. <laughs> it, I, I mean, I guess it is an Ivy. I'm sure very wealthy people go there. Yeah. And I'm sure there are teenagers with, like, personal assistants. Yeah, but, like, this, this seems like something you don't do openly. No. I guess it is a secret speakeasy. Well, Veronica's going to talk to her, but first she has to sing a song. There's a, there's a floor show. I don't have... A, I'm sorry. I'll be back. <laughs> I have to do my job as a business owner. I made myself do it, so I have to do it now. I follow through on my promises, Miss Rutherford. All right. So now this uh, being another sequence where essentially someone sings and something else happens, Archie goes to fight. So he goes to that same alley he keeps interrupting Dodger in, which I think might be outside the community center? No. It's outside of the arcade. But the arcade was underground. Yeah, this is like off to the side. Because he went down to get to the arcade. <laughs> okay, okay. No, that's, that's I believe you. <laughs> Dodger and his mama are there because they're leaving. Yeah. His mom says, hey, shoot this guy. The Dodger's like, no. I will, I will, I will punch him with my fists. Well, they also seem to think that Bill and Fagin won the fight because they're like, ah, oh, you know, oh, you're you're coming back after getting whooped up by Bill and Fagin. I'm like, what? Then why are you guys leaving <laughs> who, town? Who won the fight? <laughs> who won this fight? I mean, definitely Archie and FP because you guys are running away. Well, and also, if Archie and FP don't look that beaten up. and we Archie don't, isn't even limping. And we don't see Bill and Fagin, so... Now, Dodger, despite the fact that only recently, I guess, he was in the hospital. Yeah. Because he was... Magic hospital. Oh, that's right. Anyway, Dodger wants to beat Archie with his hands. Because there's nothing that 40-year-old men like more than beating up teenagers. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And this is all done over while um, Veronica and Kevin sing Elton John. You know, Saturday night's all right for fighting. 
And uh, Dodger cheats at the fight by having a switchblade, but Archie knocks it out. Yeah, and they just beat him up, beat him up, and Darley, Darla screams that he's going to kill him. And then Archie's like, I won't, but leave town. <laughs> like, we were. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? To be fair. No, I mean, Archie's in, in just, like, in fury and... <laughs> and Dodger did shoot his second dad. That's true. Like, And he did wear a black hood, so that was, like, a very pointed torture thing to do. Does, I don't know how many people are in town for. I don't know if they know about that. That's true. But, oh no, Kevin, for reasons unknown, a group of five children are standing in this alley. And they saw Archie looking so angry, standing over the man who has forced them to do crime. And they show, I guess they're disappointed in him. Well, their face, their expressions show vagueness. But Archie takes that to mean the children are mad at him. Meanwhile, Veronica, despite knowing that (laughs) the economy woman's right there, decides to go all out on this, this song. You know, she promised a floor show. Yeah, she... she, Also, there is no reason why she shouldn't be allowed to sing and dance at her place of business. Uh, No, I agree, but I like the the concept that this is clearly something she's worried about, is that this Columbia woman's there and is going to have to watch this show, but she does not hold back at all, and that is actually something I actually like. I do, too. (laughs) She was like, well, oh, man, what if she she sees this and she, she doesn't think I'm Columbia material? I mean, I could, I could not, you know, go all out. No, I can't. But why? What if a university in New York, the cultural capital of the United States, does not like musical theater? <laughs> anyway, when she goes, I thought it was implying to us that also the Columbia woman had left. I thought so, too, because Hiram's like, ha-ha, guess you had to do a song and dance. Oh, I guess, though, see if she thinks that you're Columbia material now. By the way, I own a patent on that rum recipe because of course I do. But, like, also she could just slightly change it because it's rum. Because <laughs> it's rum. It's so easy just to change. Also, she wouldn't want to do the exact same. She'd yeah. want to improve on it. Hiram, you're a dumbo. <laughs> He's so good at business, Aaron. <sighs> Unless if he has a patent on the concept of rum. In which case, he needs to go take down a lot bigger companies. <laughs> yeah, in which case, there's no way. Also, who gave that to him? I don't know. Is it a piece of paper no, he printed himself? It, it looks like something from, like, 1869. It uh, is, like, old, like, faded paper, like, calligraphy typing on it. Oh, he for sure printed that out himself on his computer and then dipped it in tea. <laughs> And he's like, well, let's see how Columbia feels about an underage party girl, Veronica Luna. You know, business person who did a musical theater number. <laughs> so yeah, business person who somehow owns a bar, even though that's definitely illegal. Definitely did no drinking in this <laughs> dance. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Betty walks up to her house. She sees the red door of it. And then she has a night dream, but a daytime night dream where she's standing. Yeah. And she dreams about her child self. Her child self who accidentally had to kill a cat because well, her dad was torturing her. Yes, was forced to kill a cat by her proven seal killer father. And then Betty looks down at her own hands and that thing from the first season where she used to dig her fingernails into her palms. Uh, it's brought back. It's back. I guess that means something. All right, Jughead uh, heads in to talk to his dad about his grandpa. Archie tries to come in. Like, I don't know why this happened. Archie like, walks up and goes, oh, no, jeez, it's, it's not my scene, I guess. <laughs> Oops. Oh, no, I'm not in it. Maybe this is KJ app. I'd just be like, oh, no. <laughs> and they're forgot. like, we'll keep it. I forgot what scene we were filming. Do I, I, I don't come to the hospital? Nope, nope. All right. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, guys. Archie would come back to the hospital. <laughs> 
Anyway, so Jughead talks to his uh, dad about his grandpa, and he's like, oh, you know, he he feels he feels bad. He doesn't. I don't know. It's it, it's a typical Jughead FP scene where they're like, hey, let's be really honest and open with each other and have yeah. a lot of emotion emotion and connection. Yeah, and then when he asks, like, hey, well, maybe you would like to see him, and FP does the most FP thing, which is like, well, you know, I'm. I mean, I have to in the hospital overnight, so I mean, I can't really say no, even if he does show up. If he showed up, I couldn't go anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, that is what someone who's so guarded would do in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember how Cheryl said she was going to bring her mom to some place that she would wish she was locked in the walls of Thistle House? Somewhere terrible. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere that man should not go. It's the sex bunker. It's the sex bunker. From season, last season. <laughs> From last season. <laughs> She's like, hey, mom, so many people had sex in here. Did she handcuff her mom to the bed? I think she did. But then she motions to a toilet across the room. So I don't know how, where. Or she's going to lock it from the outside, I guess. I thought I th- I know she's gonna lock from the outside because the bunker can do that, but I thought she also handcuffed her to the bed. I guess not. Anyway, now she gets to live in the sex bunker for solitude and reflection. <laughs> it's filled with food and a toilet, and there's and no <laughs> so many candles. There's no way no one like Jughead's gonna go there at some point. Be like, ah, <laughs> why are you here? Jughead's busy. Yeah, I guess so. So, um, Betty explains to Charles that she had this fugue state when she saw the door, and he's like, "Well." I think you're, or no, she, I don't know. Somehow it lands on the fact that she was remembering the moment where Dark Betty was born, which is when her serial killer father forced her to kill a cat. And then Charles ma- Charles makes an insane call here to be like, maybe if we can go back to the moment of Dark Betty's birth and you stop it, then she'll no longer exist. And Betty takes that to me and I'm going to dream state. But I want to believe in my heart of hearts that Charles was like, I just have to invent time travel. <laughs> now we have to go back to the future to the past and then back to the future now in real life i think this makes reasonable sense that it's just like a motivational technique like something that she can do to i don't know like uh, forgive her child self or something well, the, thing, the thing is that, like it is a yeah no it 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 makes sense in a psychological way but they're treating this like she literally has to go into her mind on an on like an like an inner space adventure and that is literally what she does yeah she literally is like okay and then she closes her eyes and breathes and uh charles is tangerine three times and then she opens her eyes and gets up and walks out and outside little girl sitting over cat with a rock in her hand, and Betty takes that rock and says, you don't have to do that. You can, you can go, go play. I can go play? I'm like, really? In your memory, there's no of your dad who forced you to do this? Yeah, again, it's not you. That's, oh my god, why did all these characters only have one therapy well, session? Well, that's why when you like go through these things, usually you also want to have someone who like who is helping you through. Like, If you say, like, oh, I see this, they should be there, like, no, no, no. You have to understand like what, like, what you are perceiving as your version of you need to remember events. your father yeah you need to remember that you were not the one who did it instead she like it does kind of feel like she did time travel like she has somehow donnie darko sent her mind to stop herself from like i swear if they came back and butterscotch ran in and i'd be like, mm. like ah! <laughs> and charles was like i did it 
I invented time travel. Betty, that's why I came here all along. Betty, this is the four, the three and a half season, like, crescendo of this entire series is actually, you You have the butterfly effect power from the movie, The Butterfly Effect. You know, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher in it. And you. Yeah. That movie ends with him strangling himself as a fetus. <laughs> I never want anyone to forget that. It's true. He stops himself from being born because he can't make a good pass. <laughs> yeah. Present. And mm. and the weird thing is that also I wanted to point out here is that they, they sort of gloss right over the fact that, like, whether or not she has that dark version inside of her, people are still hypnotized to kill her. And this does not fix that. Nope. Like, they, ign- they ignore... We also don't know why Evelyn wanted Betty to come <laughs> yeah. see her in the prison. They they skip over an active, physical, concrete threat against her to this weird metaphysical thing that they treat as more important. And now that it's done, we don't have to worry about the fact that Alice can just be triggered to kill her daughter. Now, remember, Charles might be a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe... I think... That's what I'm like, is he involved in this? Who knows? Because I didn't... Uh, because Chick isn't involved in the cult. We well, thought he was, but he wasn't. No, but Chick is in the prison with Evelyn. Uh, there's, there's no way those... There's, there's no way those two could talk to each other, right? I, <laughs> I don't, don't think it's a co-ed prison. I don't know how male-female co-ed prisons work. I imagine they're separated. But they can talk to each other through the toilets. <laughs> it's a thing. Okay. Um, so Rutherford did not leave while Veronica was singing. She, in fact, chose to stay sitting at that table until the secret speakeasy closed at midnight. <laughs> and now uh, they're going to have their meeting. And Veronica's like, well, you know, that's, that's guess is what I do. I run a business. It was very bad that you came while I was doing business because I had to look after my club. Yeah. Um, and as it turns out, uh, Rutherford is not actually that upset about it because she says that Columbia doesn't care about that. Columbia likes good stories. And it feels like there's a story behind this. <laughs> what, I don't know what just happened tonight, but I feel like you can explain it to me. Please tell me why I sat here for Four hours. Please tell me why your assi- your assistant did, and why you went over to that man over there, and he smugly showed you a parchment from eighteen sixty nine. Veronica, I was impressed with your business running, but also I don't know what happened tonight. I I want to know what story she tells her because how does she do that without admitting to so many crimes? So many crimes. Well, you see, my dad's at the mafia. Wait, hold on. No, you're not going to our school. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not his daughter anymore <laughs> i do live with him and we are in a competition as i try to start a rum business to compete with his own columbia likes <laughs> go-getters i i can't imagine anything that veronica says it's just that she'll be like yeah i clearly want a hundred percent this person in here who i think her father will just burn our building down <laughs> he's just gonna run around new york just there's, burning down there's buildings. no way that Hyam will not destroy columbia <laughs> To because he hates his daughter. Like, to punish Veronica. <laughs> to punish, and, and as the building's burning down and students are being trapped inside, Veronica's like, ah, my dad did this just to get back at me. And they're like, we're dying. <laughs> She's like, I know. I know. Oh, God. So many things happened to me. It's so unfortunate. He's just the worst. But I also think I love him anyway. <laughs> Jughead goes to get Grandpa FP. But Grandpa FP cleared out. And now we don't know where this is going to go, but I did lean over toward Aaron and said, Fake Grandpa. 
fake grandpa or threatened by DuPont grandpa. Either one I like. <laughs> so back at the Thistle Mansion, Tony is like, Cheryl, you took off your red lipstick, which no one has ever seen before. Are you having second thoughts? Do you feel bad about how the fact you locked your mom in a bunker in the, in the woods? And Cheryl says, no, I think I'm ready to bury Jason's corpse. Because he deserves the peace that I was denied by my mom. And I'm like, okay, so no personal growth for Cheryl. Cool. <laughs> cool. So Molly Ringwald Andrews finds Archie sitting in the darkness full of sorrow. He is tired of being a vigilante. He is so sad that angry predators can live, but Luke Perry Andrews is dead. He is a monster! I'm so angry, and I'm so hurting. And here's the thing. Uh, the, like, this is a very powerful scene from KJ Appa. Very, very, like, like cool scene from Archie about like, what he's actually going through. I kind of wish we got a really, like, good sentence from Molly Ringwald saying something like, Life isn't fair, but you can you could do the we best can move that you past it. You, yeah, you do the best that you can. It sucks that you know Arch, that Dodger gets to live and your dad gets to die. Like I want to, I wanted a Gandalf speech from her. So do all who live in times like these. Yeah, Archie. Sometimes you got to carry a heavy ring. It sucks. But instead, she just pets his head and does not say, "Maybe you should go back to therapy. Maybe you should talk to that guidance counselor more than once." <laughs> guidance counselor therapist. All right. Uh, Oh, into another scene that's actually very, very sweet and has one exact moment that I want to draw attention to because it's a great small moment um, is Effie's waiting in his bed. Jughead and then, rounds the corner. And when he does, Effie just kind of like sits up like, huh? And then he sees his Jughead and just deflates. And it's this great little acting moment of the excitement he had to potentially see his dad again. And uh, he says, oh, he didn't want to see me. And Jughead says, no. He just ran away. I feel like a dummy for not realizing that Grandpa runs away. Yeah, yeah. But then he's just like, well, but you still need to sign that contract. Still be good. Grandpa may have run away, but the things he said to you, Jughead, they were good. Yeah, and Jughead says, you're right. Maybe I should let go of the past. And do it be really cool, because Jughead, this is about Jughead letting go of the past, and Betty letting go of the past, and Archie trying to let go of the past. I don't think we really get Cheryl letting go of the past. She just decides, no, this is better for Jason. And it would be a really cool combination if every one of them had in their storyline the idea of, like, moving on. Wouldn't it be cool if Veronica could let go of the past? You know, her dad. Yeah, no, the two, the two, the, the two people that we don't like their storylines and, uh, and are refused to ever be given any sort of personal growth. Not plot growth, personal growth. Don't get to be, we should let go of the past. They're like, nope, gonna double down. This is who I am. Well, Jughead, sitting back at Stonewall, gets a letter. It says, go to the forest. It's thrown <laughs> under his door. And somehow he finds the way. This back to just says, the forest. ASAP. And he goes to the forest without backup. Well, I don't know. And he finds a circle of burning torches. <laughs> and through that circle walks the Power Rangers. Yep. <laughs> and... The the two Power Rangers, Trini and uh, oh, I can't remember Zach. Zach. Trini and Zach don't have anything. Donna, who unfortunately we know her name, um, <laughs> she she has a skull. But Brett just is holding a rock. And Jughead's like, hmm, this like, is where I get murdered. Like, no, I'm just a man holding a rock. It's an initiation. Jughead has to smash the skull with the rock. They don't explain it to him, but I guess I know it's pretty it's clear. Pretty he, he gives him a rock and a skull. He smashes the skull, and inside, oh. It's the Quill and Skull Society pin. 
Now he's in a secret society. Wait, it can't just be just the Power Rangers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because this is supposed to be, like, years and years and years of the secret society. Yeah, so, like, if this is initiation, it's it's weird to me that they did this initiation and none of the other senior members are there. Is that, no, for the, this way we can dramatically reveal the senior members as... We need to for the plot device because we haven't decided who's in it yet. Yeah, but right now it's the Power Rangers. Should I get happy? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, maybe this is the next morning. Who knows when this is? But Veronica gets a phone call, and it's Cheryl. <laughs> and this is this is the first time Cheryl's talked to someone in forever. So everyone heeds her call. Like, what, what's going on? And now, unfortunately, they skip over like <laughs> where she a is very this? important scene because where do we find them all, Aaron? They're standing on the banks of Sweetwater River, and Jason's corpse is lying in a small dingy boat covered with flowers. There is a very, very big scene there where she has to explain to them, hey, by the way, I'm going to give my brother a Viking funeral. And they're like, your brother's already buried. And she's like, okay, I have a story to tell you. (laughs) He's not. He's been living in my house for months. Remember when I was in the cult and I said I got to see Jason? For some reason, the cult grave robbed him. And And insanely... All the kids decide to show up. <laughs> like, they have not heard from Cheryl in so long. And she's she's called them being like, I've been keeping the corpse of my brother downstairs. We better be friends or else I'll kill myself, I guess. <laughs> she does refer to the time that she killed herself on Sweetwater Just River. Just reminding them all. For some reason, Tony's also not allowed to stand with the rest of the group. And I'm so confused about time on the show again, and I know it's not important, but we just had that ice storm episode, which was before Christmas, I thought. And now the river is full of thawed and beautiful Vancouver spring. Yeah. Oh, Aaron. I know. I know. We're only nine episodes in. What is happening? So mostly what I got here is that, like, I going back again into plot things... Cheryl should have given Jason up for a reason, not just because he's not integral to the plot anymore. Clearly, he had to hang around so that Penelope could be like, the reason I'm mad at you is because you keep Jason around and I don't get to. So it would have been nice if Cheryl had an internal motivation. Yeah, like she had to decide between Jason and her girlfriend. Instead, she just sort of like, Cheryl always gets what she wants and always wins and all. Like, she things happen to her. Don't get me wrong. She goes through a whole lot, as we learned in the... Like, I don't learn, but we were reminded of in the therapist episode. But she doesn't do anything. She takes no action. Yeah. Yeah. She does not respond to what happens to her. It just happens at her. I'm actually even furious that in this scene, she doesn't shoot a flaming arrow at the boat. That would have been very good. We know she's an archer. And that's her actively doing. Instead, she does light on fire, but then Archie and... Jughead have to push the boat out. Are willing to push the boat out. I don't know. It's so upsetting me that they didn't even let her sh- – because like, that would have been so cheesy and we would have made fun of it. But, at but the we same- would have liked it. But at the same time, you already set up she's an archer. I also – I are we supposed to be sad? I don't know. What because we're- tonally, I think we're supposed to be sad. Yeah, and Tony's like, oh, this must be very hard for you, honey. And I'm like – what? It's what? a corpse. It's, it's the corpse of her brother she's been keeping around. That apparently she decided she loves more than you, Tony. She loved that corpse more than you. She didn't get rid of it for you. I wish she had also burned the doll. Yeah, I don't know why the doll's still hanging around. And then, and then the sequence continues by, I guess, everybody just like, all right, that happened. And then Archie goes home alone. By home, I mean to his... 
I have a question. Yeah. Why does he still live there now that the Dickinson clan is gone? <laughs> oh, who knows? <laughs> he's he's living there. Everybody just went their separate ways after the weirdest funeral in the world. Archie goes and he's just sitting with a paper plate just eating dinner. He's just, eating a microwave dinner. Just thinking like, she just had a corpse that looked like me. <laughs> and despite the fact that he has a metal detector and security cameras, someone still just walks into the club. <laughs> he still doesn't lock it. So a man walks in. This man is Ryan Robbins is the actor. And here's what you need to know about Ryan Robbins. Ryan Robbins appears in every show that's filmed in British Columbia that is a sci-fi. He lives there. He lives there. And he's appeared in Sanctuary, Stargate Atlantis, Arrow. All of them. (laughs) But apparently now he's in Riverdale, a show that is... Not a science fiction, but might as well be. And he reveals to Archie. Oh, you know, my my name is Frank. I'm your father's brother. You know, your uncle. Your uncle. <laughs> you didn't know of me. I was not in the flashback episode. <laughs> I'm sure we'll explain where I come from eventually and the, what, the reason I wasn't around. And if they don't, oh boy, <laughs> are we? is me and Aaron going to get really... Well, I mean, I don't know who they am. I'm Frank. These two people who watch the show. And every, these Canadians. These Canadians like me. <laughs> I want to know about these Canadians like me. <laughs> Here's the thing, Archie. Everyone in Riverdale has a secret half-sibling. I'm from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Which you went to, remember? It's all wilderness. And grizzly bears. <laughs> Everywhere there's grizzly bears. I also fought a grizzly bear. Oh my god, if he had a, has a grizzly bear <gasps> scar. <sighs> Betty, also similarly, after this, <laughs> this whole crazy funeral decided, I'm also going to go home alone. Though, though I guess there's a lot of people at her house, so she's not fully alone. But she put herself to bed. But then she awakens. And she decides to try to activate herself. She stares in the mirror, says Tangerine three times, and then breaks the mirror. And then Alice comes upstairs and is rightfully concerned about this. Because Alice has replaced the pod person who was Alice last episode and is now concerned about things that are actual concerns. I'm concerned, does Alice still have the programming in her? Or is it like, there's, it, you can't just do like a one-shot wake up. Yeah, that's a waste. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so weird that like, we're supposed to be like, oh, Betty, well, you know, I wanted to see if the dark part of me was gone. And I'm like, now hold on, what does it have to do with the hypnotism? Like, what because is the- <laughs> you can- Because she's Betty, but if she got activated, she would try to kill Dark Betty, which is her... And she didn't see Dark Betty, so the dark part is gone? Yeah, I don't know why they can... I, I never liked the Dark Betty part. I don't know why they're now conflating with this bizarre hypnotism that the that the cult did. And then also... Oh, God. All right, four weeks later. What? Four weeks later. Because we know this happened in spring break. Which is four weeks from now. What? Aaron, it's four weeks from now. Jughead is dead. His head was smashed by a rock. Which Betty's holding a rock, and there's blood in her hands. Aaron, four weeks from now. Everyone's dead. Four weeks. Jughead's dead. We have a time limit now on the rest of this. (laughs) What happened to Christmas? Yeah, where did it go? (laughs) It was just Halloween. The fact that this show's not doing a Christmas episode. Is insane. Because, well, I mean, they had Thanksgiving. The ice storm was Thanksgiving. Was that last week? No, two weeks ago. No, two weeks ago. It was Ice Storm, then therapy. the therapy, 
And now... We've skipped ahead in time. And now this. But did we but skip we ahead in time? we can't have. Because... Because, I mean, I guess I guess that actually makes sense why Jughead he was able to... Well, they're all able to write that book. They did it over months. But it took Cheryl that long to be like, how will I dry out the person who's gaslighting me? <laughs> well, she kept on setting off roach bombs and just <laughs> passing out. Eventually, she realized she needed the gas mask. She wore a gas mask. Well, and more roach bombs. Well, also, she was she was waiting for, like, the like she, she had a custom order, that gas mask. That's true. It had to be red. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So that's Riverdale. We did it. We did it. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic pretended to commit suicide but was actually covered in the gas mask of drama? Oh, boy, Kevin. In an episode of CW Moments, <laughs> an episode solely consisting of CW Moments and two good scenes. Yeah. I have chosen the tiniest of moments. Okay. Which is after Betty smashes her mirror and her mom comes to her room and Betty says, I just had to make sure Dark Betty was gone. She turns off the light. <laughs> and then just rolls over like her mom isn't standing right there in front of <laughs> it's such a weird shade to throw at the human, another human being. Like when I turn the lights off, you disappear. <laughs> like imagine if this wasn't a scene with her being like, "Oh, you know, make sure that dark baby." She's like, "All right, mom. Anyway, I'm gonna go to bed." Stare at them in the eye, turn <laughs> off the lights, and just roll over. It's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm dismissed. <laughs> like that behavior. If that's how last episode started by Betty doing that, Alice's like self righteous <laughs> anger. Totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah. And like, once again, this is an episode with a lot of, a lot of stuff in it. But I think mine has to be that how, how Cheryl did her trial with her mom is she convinced everybody to come and sit in and then set a chair for the doll that she, I don't know what her connection to that doll is anymore. The doll lives in a wheelchair. Doll lives in a wheelchair. And I thought the doll had a <laughs> knife, like a yeah. sword across its lap but i think that was just like the thing to hold him in the wheelchair yeah, yeah then there's all they have a lot of wheelchairs there i guess they're all nana roses nana rose in a wheelchair or do they take or her wheelchair she, and give it to julian does she not have wheelchairs anymore because now she's not being poisoned by penelope the real reason why i bring that scene specifically up is because that scene reminds us of all the things that we should that that are insane to remember like for some reason the doll's hanging around even though now she knows she's not um, chimeric and the and we'd see the babies that they're just keeping in the background those babies need to go somewhere else yeah yeah they need to go back to alice out of all of the parents in this situation alice is the best option well and like it at the very least alice is their is their biological grandmother not their well i mean cheryl is their aunt yeah but that's still like <laughs> that's a also, they need to go to a place where there is sunlight and joy <laughs> and not roach bombs being set off all the time. No, those two kids are going to grow up standing at the end of hallways holding hands. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's not going to be good. they don't have red hair, Cheryl's going to start dyeing their hair. Yeah, yeah, if they come out blonde. Cool. <laughs> oh, they're going red. Oh, disaster. Man, I wish Cheryl and Veronica had any sort of character growth. Yeah. 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 
<sighs> well, hey, that was, uh, that was this episode of Riverdale, and they are going on a break. Christmas break is upon us, and they're taking a prolonged Christmas break. The next episode is January 23rd. Five weeks from now. Five weeks. So, because it is an extended break, it means that we, next week and for the weeks after, are going to be returning to the OC. So dust off your DVDs, bring up your Hulu, I don't know if that's where you watch the OC. <laughs> Wherever you watch the OC, uh, make sure you pick up back with us. We are toward the end of that that season, which means we'll spend a little bit next episode trying to remind ourselves and you, the audience, of what happened, of what happened before. Well, I know what happened. Sandy fired a boy because that's what the last episode was called. Yep, Sandy fired a boy, and um, uh, Marissa got onto coke. Oh, right. She loves Voychuk now. She loves Voychuk now, and she loves cocaine as well. And I just want some Taylor Townstead. <laughs> well, we'll get to that when we get to that, which will be next week. But until then, bye. Love us. <laughs> Do the things. Do the Podcast things. Moa. Yeah, yeah. You should get, you should get us on, um, <laughs> uh, what is it, Spotify and Google Play and... Give us some reviews, 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 reviews. Yeah, uh, those help people find us. And you can also find us by heading on to social media platforms. We're on Podcast Moa on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter and Maybe we'll have thoughts. <laughs> thoughts that we have to share as we reflect more on what we watched yeah. tonight. And as a reminder, because uh, it's been a little bit, you can pick up my books. Uh, I have Endless Hunger, a cyberpunk fantasy that's available on Amazon, Kobo, and pretty much everywhere. Uh, and I have a fantasy adventure series, season one of All Gods Fall. It's available on, right now on Amazon uh, as ebooks, though it will be soon available everywhere on ebooks. And I'll let you know when that happens. And I sometimes write for fun, not profit, and you can check that out at a flimsyplanblog.com. CA. Who knows? Google a flimsy plan. You'll find me. What's going to happen now that Jughead's in the Quillen Skull? Is Dark Betty really gone? When are we going to meet Fred's other brothers like Francis, Ford, and Forsythe? For answers to all this and more, join us in five weeks on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>